this podcast was recorded at the American headquarters of the Ethereus Society, located in Hollywood, California, where service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. And welcome to our eighth class on the nine freedoms. Paparazzi, paparazzi. <laughs> And this one, of course, is on Saturnian existence. And with, with this particular one, we are really getting out there. Who are we? Oh, good point. Uh, my name is Brian Kniep. I'm Richard Casada. And we're here again at the American headquarters. Um, welcome to all you out there in podcast land. I don't hear them. No. But they're there. Yes, they are. Um, but Saturnian existence is, it's really starting to get, um, we're, we're learning things now about the gods of the gods virtually. And it's, it's truly inspiring and um, mind-boggling. But if you let your mind really get into the, the knowledge that is given to us in this particular freedom, it truly is just uh, amazing. And then... Also, when you, when you realize that through the grace of our Master, we have limited, but we do have certain contacts with um, the beings from Saturn. For example, we perform three phases of the Saturn mission each year. And in these, these missions, energy is put into a, a physical battery, and it is released over a psychic center. And this energy is designed by the Saturnians to cause, um, uh, it, it brings world peace and devic stabilization. And so this is one aspect of how the Ethereum Society is actively um, being helped and helping the cosmic masters from Saturn as a preamble. That's a preamble. And uh, last week as we remember that we spent time with the seventh freedom, which is interplanetary existence. And that's no small part of the nine freedoms. That's a major change from terrestrial experience moving from ascension into the great and wondrous houses of God within our solar system, namely the planets themselves and existence upon one or more. And we upon earth have been privileged, honored, and our salvation rested and continues to rest upon the shoulders of interplanetary beings who continue to visit our world and have throughout the centuries. So we have here a movement to another freedom, Saturnian existence, where we speak of the ancient ones, ancient ones that are the instructors of the interplanetary masters themselves. And tonight we're going to learn a little bit about the vast difference, in a way, between interplanetary existence and Saturnian existence. And it's mind-boggling, so stay with us. If you feel faint, let us know. We'll catch it before you fall. We're going way up in the upper stratospheres in this particular freedom. Well, shall we start then with um, the playing of the 
first extract. Um, and this is, of course, what we do every week. We, we give a, a short extract of Mars Sector 6 pronouncing this freedom. And this is a good opportunity to, to get into the energy of Mars Sector 6 and this, this wonderful master. So once again, let's, let's sit straight, eyes closed, relaxed shoulders, and again, think not only of the words, but feel the energy, the great wisdom and knowledge of this great karmic lord, Mars Sector 6. Mark? The eighth of freedom will be Saturnian existence Now that we've felt the energy and got ourselves a bit in, in tune, let's now uh, listen to uh, Richard read out a, a short extract from Life on the Planets, the booklet which was referred to last week. And uh, we hope that many of you who do not have this wonderful little booklet, which is 28 pages of information that you will not receive in other holy works. So detailed regarding the life of several planets that it's so ridiculous that in black and white, here we have these truths of existence and what goes on on these planets as much as we can comprehend. So we've selected the planet Saturn, and Mars Sector 6 himself uh, gives a precy or a small description of life upon Saturn. So please listen. This is page 20 of this booklet. As we have stated many times previously, all the major planets in this solar system are inhabited. The youngest planet in this system, from the point of view of evolution, is Terra. This we have told you many times before. The fall from near perfection came, and the civilization of Lemuria did fall. Then, out of the chaos, the land of Atlantis was built by the few who were left, and alas, into the hearts of these crept greed. Nor crept it out again through that gate which it entered, but manifested itself in an active way, and did Atlantis fall. We were able to evacuate certain of the most prominent white magicians, and they lived with us upon Mars. Since this evacuation, some of these have returned to Terra in many guises, and they have been directly responsible for helping Terra in many ways. Within their hearts, they keep the dream of Atlantis. When it shone in its spring glory, this dream of theirs, they would pray off times so that it may shortly come to pass when again Terra does shine with that same glory of these far-off days. But alas, dimly do we look through the mists at this planet. Yet, 
even though we do this, through the selfsame mists do we see the fire of wisdom slowly being kindled in the minds of the few. When this golden light is lighted, then we can refute it with our radiations. This is our task. So that was a little quick synopsis of 18 million years to current times. Great masters can really simplify truth, can't they? Right. Come to a, a segment of this transmission regarding cosmic service regarding the great lords of Saturn. For long times do these masters live in their cosmic meditations. When they are chosen for service by the perfects, they live then in the temple upon the surface and receive initiation. Then they return again in consciousness to their position beneath the surface and start to put the enlightenment into practice. When this happens, and it always is happening, every blade of grass is helped. All life streams upon whatever planet is their destination are helped directly by these holy masters. They can take on any shape, contact any aspect, any form, live anywhere, for any length of time, in the whole solar system or any part of the galaxy. Sometimes, as when a great master cometh to a planet, as came the master Jesus to Terra, the masters of Saturn think into being a space vessel made of a certain type of crystal. Then they detach consciousness from their still bodies and guide the vessel to its destination and carry on the somewhat complicated task of bringing into birth in an earth body the chosen initiate. Then they take the vessel back and re-inhabit their still bodies. Very likely at the same time that this has been going on, another part of their consciousness has been equally as active a thousand light years away. This will give you some little idea of the capabilities of these great masters. You note that the... Um that subheading was called Cosmic Service. And, and you, you, list, you heard how they can do so many things. They can be anywhere, do anything, be anything that they, they choose to be. And yet they choose to spend their time and their energies and their efforts not in, in selfish pursuits at all. They spend all their time and energy in service. And that really, in a way... Um, what the third freedom is service, and that's what we're learning, and they, too, are spending all of their time in service. And it's, in a way, it's a lesson. The amount of time that they spend in service is all of their time and all of their energies and all of their focus. And the more that we can approach that, the quicker we will evolve. Shall we play track one? Yes, track Track one is the first track of our master. Mark, play track three. Now, we go on and 
we discover that after interplanetary existence, in other words, as I told you before, the life stream is introduced into one of the planets, depending on its experience and certain service which it has to give, then it goes to Venus uh, or Uranus, maybe both of them, after serving on the other planets and possibly interchanges between the planets, system all the time, it's gaining experience, it's becoming greater, it's giving greater service and so on. And during this time it's not um, limited to any one planet because it can travel to many, many inhabited worlds in the galaxy, always though with one end in view, gaining experience through giving out. The life stream gives out in order to get back. It knows this law, as many people are beginning to learn this law on earth. But it really lives in the light of this great service unto others. Then after this, it's presented to the lesser solar lords for an initiation. What that initiation is, we just don't know. After this initiation, it's introduced into the Saturnian life cycle. At this time, it is neither male nor female, but both in the highest possible sense. It's down the line, it's amalgamated with maybe something called its twin soul. This is my opinion. Maybe something called its twin soul, which it up to now has been working with on the other planets in a state of complete and absolute harmony and bliss. Now, there's some kind of an amalgamation has taken place here because it's neither male nor female but both, both in the magnetic sense, not in the sex sense as we know male or female, by the way. Then it's introduced into Saturn through the flame of the Logos like it is in any other planet. From here the life stream gradually advances until it is ready to be introduced into the primary life cycle of that planet. There's two here. They split up a secondary life cycle and a primary life cycle. It enters this primary life cycle as a cosmic master and gradually becomes amalgamated with another life stream vibrating in nearly the same manner until it becomes sixfold. Possibly another, a second amalgamation takes place here and the thing becomes sixfold. That uh, isn't so easily understood by me, this manner of being sixfold unless it's some kind of, uh, shall we say, a magnetic equation, inasmuch as you have, first of all, neither male nor female, and yet both, you have an inference here that there is a three-sex. In a magnetic sense, not in any earth sense that we know it, then we have an amalgamation again with another male-female, and neither, because it's both, making a six-fold being. This might be it. I throw that out as purely my own 
opinion of it. Uh, there'll come a day when I think in maybe a couple of billion years' time we'll begin to understand the nine freedoms better than we do now. Couple of billion years. Um, you know, one thing that uh, is interesting to, to note, if we kind of go back to the previous freedom and where we are now, we often hear that this planet is a classroom. And once we learn all the lessons afforded on this planet, then we move on, we ascend. And if you look at what we're being told, um, the lessons that we learn on this planet are such that we, we stay all of our time, spend all of our time on this planet, and then we learn our lessons, and then we ascend. Then the next level, interplanetary existence, we have several planets involved. And, and our master says that you, you exchange. So it, it's a time of, of, of lots of movement, virtually. And you're moving from different planets. Um, you, you, you're, doing, you're moving around the galaxy uh, in spacecraft, etc. Uh, lots and lots of movement. And then you come to two, uh, Uranus and Venus. And then finally you get to Saturn. And again, you're in a way confined to one planet you've virtually gone beyond the need of movement at that point. And you stay, it says later in the text, that um, such a one has a still body which moves not. And so you, you start on Earth with lots of movement on Earth, and you go to an interplanetary existence with lots of movement around the solar system and the galaxy, then to Saturn, where your physical structure stays still, doesn't move. And yet you can inhabit, of course, many, many different bodies and move in that way. So it's, it's an interesting way of starting with, with one great expansion then back to one again with even more expansion, but limiting one's uh, presence. One example that uh, was replicated over and over again in the years of Master King's existence on our world was that he was able to have a um, knowledge base, a, an experience with happenings on the planet here, as well as happenings within the solar system, and be still. He could be sitting in a, his living room right across the way here, within feet of this temple, and sit quietly and be able to understand, receive and understand cosmic movement. And... As he wished, he would say, right, I've just learned this. Now we're going to spring into action. And he'd have people come in if it was late at night or during the day, take stations, operate a spiritual energy radiator, and or discharge operation prayer power, or make plans to move his position from Los Angeles to a position, for instance, Lake Powell. This is an example of such a one who has vast abilities due to his limitation, self-imposed limitation. He was so dedicated to serving God upon this world that he was open to all that God could give him. And as a result, through the giving to him, he was able to give to us. And that is the hallmark of greatness. 
So it's not so, it's not so far away as we might think, this demonstration of self-imposed limitation for the benefit of not so much the person, but to be of such service to humanity and indeed all life streams upon this planet. One of the things that's often said is that the ionosphere, one of the reasons that it's up is to, and, and certain manipulations are done upon it, is to lessen the emanations of mankind's total negative thought as an energy radiating out throughout the solar system. And that incurs a karmic debt as far as mankind is concerned by releasing such combined energy, negative energy. So what happens is that these beings on the other planets, their divinity says, right, we'll absorb it and transmute it. But it comes at a cost to we as a collective group called the human race. So once again, we go back to the nine freedoms, the early stages of the bravery, the love, the service, and we see how we can manipulate our day so that somehow we can lessen this debt. Somehow we can improve our world conditions as individuals, hopefully collectively and in a cooperative sense. Because therein lies the issue, the power of this, this mystical teaching, is that if it can live within us, then we can certainly uh, become great champions of the mighty truths within it. That's good points. Well, shall we um, play another track? We've got a, a wonderful track this time where our master talks about the number of positions. Right, I spoke earlier that they're still, the great masters on Saturn are still, but they can inhabit with their, with their minds many different uh, things, entities, beings in many different areas. Let's listen to our master explain that. Uh, Mark, this is track four. Such a one is capable of a division of consciousness which allows it to inhabit up to 1,860 positions in the time-space continuum at one and the same instant. In fact, some of the perfects are able to double this feat. Live stream able to inhabit 1,860 bodies at the same time in full consciousness. In other words, it could inhabit a block of bodies on Venus, Mars, uh, Earth, and probably in other parts of the Milky Way, uh, which is our galaxy, at one and the same time and be fully and absolutely conscious of what is happening to each body at the same time because it's virtually controlling them from a body which does not move or in other words a still body you see such a one has rejected all movement therefore it's capable of all movement it's one of these parodies of truth again you see it's a certain fact that the thing that you reject that is the thing you have poured at your feet the first in this country ever to introduce this kind of teaching has never been introduced before the capabilities of a person from Saturn uh, indeed I stand the first in the world ever to be given this information uh, previous to this there was some idea of greatness on Saturn 
but nobody had ever had information which tied it down and could describe it and which could say it can inhabit 1860 bodies at the same time. It's the first time it's ever been given to the world. That's one of the reasons why the Ethereum Society was born, so that new type of information like this could be given to mankind. Not even the so-called yogis have ever given this type of information or not even did they know it. One of the, um, the beings from Saturn we know or we knew as the um, Master Sri Krishna. I thought, I thought it would be nice to um, read over uh, just a couple of slokas from the fourth discourse of the Bhagavad Gita. And if you, if you listen, it, it does sound uh, quite a bit like um, a Cosmic Master's statement, if you really listen to it. And this is uh, Sloka 18 and 19 of the fourth discourse. He who seeth inaction in action and action in inaction, he is wise among men. He is a yogi and a performer of all actions. Now I'll read that again. It's a little bit easier when you see it. So I'll, I'll read that one again. He who seeth inaction, in action, and who sees action in inaction, he is wise among men. He is a yogi and a performer of all actions. Sounds a bit similar, doesn't it, some things? That's followed by number 19. He whose undertakings are all devoid of desires and selfish purposes, and whose actions have been burnt by the fire of knowledge, him the wise call a sage. Read that again. He whose undertakings are all devoid of desires and selfish purposes, and whose actions have been burnt by the fire of knowledge, him the wise call a sage. Well, it's interesting. That was given by uh, Sri Krishna a long time ago. And that book is translated by whom? Very good point. This particular um, uh, Bhagavad Gita is transla translated by the Swami Sivananda, who, of course, is a, a very advanced uh, soul. Uh, we believe him to have come from another planet, Swami Sivananda. There have been several Saturnian um, masters that have come to this world. Um, the master tells a story that I'm sure you come across in those members of the Ethereum Society who, who um, study the teachings intensely will find a story where the master met um, a Saturnian individual in his uh, journeys in the 50s and 60s, and he described him as being a man with very small feet. He, he made that comment. He, was, he had very small feet. And, um, uh, however, uh, the, the soul behind the eyes was very ancient. And one fascinating um, reoccurring note, musical note, of God's great orchestration is that we have on our world, and we have spoken of this great and holy master, the Lord Babaji,
And he is a Saturnian master. And he came to this world upon her inception, and we brought this up some time ago, a few weeks ago, 3,000 million years ago. And to speak about self-sacrifice, to speak about self-imposed limitation, to remain on one world for all that time, and to see the ages come and go, to feel the pain of the self-imposed suffering of humanity these last 18 million years, to enjoy some of the epochs of our attempts to be spiritual and cooperate, such as was spoken here in Atlantis and Lumuria, to remember and see the Adamic man before humanity came here, to see them flourish. And it is said that terror was represented at that time in interplanetary parliament. So we're talking about an individual who has remained on this planet, never complaining, as we do, about our limitations, and continues to remain here, serving God by being the master of Terra. One of the things, one of the great comments, one of the wisdoms that he has given to the Ethereum Society, and we believe that it's really a great axiom for all humanity. And we used to have it here on the walls from time to time throughout the many decades. And the statement is simply this, and this is from the Lord Babaji himself. Take more initiative. Don't wait to be asked. That is a very important motto that you can put in your home and put it on your wall next to your altar and contemplate upon the meaning of this great master from Saturn because it has great, great meaning. And when you talk about taking initiative, yes, we are followers of great teachings. Yes, we do put into practice these great, wondrous teachings, without a shadow of a doubt, to the best of our ability. And we succeed at times, and we fail at other times. But to take initiative is another matter. That takes bravery. That takes a commitment. That takes uh, a strength, an inner strength, a fire that burns in you, that you've allowed to shine. That takes a certain amount of courage. And that's one thing that if uh, the Master King said that he loved in people, wherever they were, wherever he went throughout his entire life, was a demonstration of courage. First freedom, bravery. Very good point. Um, we also have uh, one of the most amazing, profound and important transmissions uh, given through our master came from a Saturnian and is entitled The One Energy. And I won't read the whole thing, although it is quite short, and we do, we do have them for sale. But I want to just read the first few sentences. And this is truly a, a wonderful transmission, and to hear it is just amazing. But for now, you'll have to hear it from, from me. So I like to ask everyone to close their eyes and listen to this. And this is entitled, The One Energy. 
today's dreams can only become tomorrow's manifestation if the dreamer acts in love. For this energy is all in all and all in all that. There is really but one energy in the system. This energy has many octaves of manifestation. The same energy which drives a sun through space makes the heart of small man beat. The same energy which, used by the divine essence, becomes all that which is manifested, makes the small man's heart beat. The same energy which holds a million worlds in the vastness of all space is the same energy which makes small man's heart beat. If ye go into this heart and use this most wonderful energy, you can contact the vastness of all things. Beautiful, beautiful words. That's about half of that transmission. Should we play the next? Yeah. Uh, let's move on and play the next extract. This is an extract on limitation. And this would be track five, Mark. And these bodies, by the way, can be entirely different. I mean, one can be a tree, and the other could be uh, a high, highly elevated master, you see. So that's kind of something to think about. Such a one is not limited because of limitation. It's rejected all movement. It's totally limited all movement, therefore it has all movement. Again, one of these strange parodies. You see, you can never get freedom while you use free will. Never in a thousand years can you, or a thousand lives can you. You have to learn to give up free will in order to gain freedom. Here we have something else. Such a one is not limited because of limitations which is imposed upon itself. In other words, it's limited itself to work exactly according to divine law, and that is a limitation. That in itself is a limitation in, in the annals of philosophy. It must be, for instance, supposing any one of you were to say, I will discontinue all practices, all actions, unless those actions and practices have been laid down by Buddha or Jesus you would be immediately imposing tremendous limitation upon yourself, but you would get freedom. That's it. Can you see this point? It's a point which only the deepest occult schools ever bring up, and only the deepest occult schools ever begin to... It ever comes before them because the others are trying to cross an ocean 
you see, by paddling on the beach. It's that, it's that same lesson that's being driven home over and over again. And the beauty about that, this lesson about limitation being, being a key is that anyone can, can use that, that lesson in any, any part of their life. You don't have to join a monastery. You don't, you don't have to, to go to India and find a master and climb a mountain you you can you can limit your free will any time any place and in any way and the more that you limit your free will your your selfish pursuit of of me which we all do but the but the more that we limit that and try and help others and you can do this any time during the day or night the more that we do this even though it, you kind of you kind of rail against it because everyone wants to you know have a space where they can relax or watch TV for an hour or, or do this or have a nice cut. You know, everyone wants these things. We all do, um, but the more that we we learn to to limit ourselves and turn our energies to help others, it, it's again it's kind of like a a, a paradox. You you think that you're going to suffer. But you don't. You become happy. You know, the, the, some of the happiest people um, that you, you find are some of the poorest people. Because there, there's, no, there's not so much of a worry. I'll never forget, I watched um, a, a short video extract called, called the, Ted's, the Ted's Talk, or the TED Talks. You can get these on the internet as a video podcast. Some of them are amazing. But I watched this one particular individual. He was talking about what he thought would be the cities of the future. And these are the squatter towns across the, the world. In Bombay or Mumbai, I think they call it, um, Johannesburg, uh, Rio. There, there's millions, millions of people live in these squatter towns all over the world. And he went and did in-depth in investigation and interviewing these people. And I know in the past, whenever I would look at these, these, these shanty towns, I would say, oh, it's terrible. You know, it's horrible the way these people are living. And uh, I'm sure they want to get out of there and have, have nice places to live and whatnot. And what, what he found is that they, many of them, they don't want to leave. They like it there. And they like it there because they're removed from the rat race, virtually. They have, in, in many cases, they have all of their needs met. They, 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 they pull the water from the water mains and they have running water. They pull electricity off of the, um, uh, the grid. Um, they, they have all these things that they do for themselves and they build up and up and up and they often will rent like the, the, higher, the higher floor to other people and whatnot. And it's, it's all contained. And you know, obviously everyone wants to have a, a better place to live that they can, but many of them that he, he interviewed would rather stay there because of the the rat race virtually. It, it, it really struck me as being, as being odd, but when you think about it, 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 it has a bit of sense to it. You know? It is said in the Nine Freedoms, it describes the Saturnian lords as the givers of life itself. And 
I was contemplating the other day regarding that statement, and I, I almost had a picture of a strange travel um, uh, journal, as if a Saturnian master was moving through the galaxy to far-off planets outside of this solar system and went into the life of other worlds where they're not humanoid and could have multiple arms and legs and heads and just different creatures of God. And they helped these worlds learn about the divinity within them, learn about the light that shines from the spark within. And all these travels throughout the eons and the assisting of all these worlds comes an experience pattern of great wisdom, of greater and greater and greater wisdom building upon wisdom. And you come back to this solar system, to this little world, this little green world, and here we have such a tremendous amount of attention from these cosmic travelers, these great, wonderful spiritual lights, and they bestow upon us their very essence of all their experience. And they rain upon us this glorious life that we enjoy now at this very moment. Between each of us is a sea. We, we've talked about the sea of prana, these countless little molecules, these little, being, little dots of life that flow everywhere. You can see them sometimes. They're, they're everywhere. But imagine in the space between even the prana is the ether that the Master King speaks about. And in this ether is the, the radiance coming from these great lords themselves of Saturn who are visited by beings from these other worlds. They travel across the galaxy to come to this seat of wisdom. We on earth live in a solar system that's inhabited by the rock stars of God's divinity, the celebrities of God's divinity. These people are the masters. And we are in this family, this solar family. We are so blessed. And here we have, in once again 200 pages, this great saga before us, this wonderful future that of our own becoming, no longer do we have to scratch our head, what am I going to be when I grow up, and in this case, grow in, but that which we're reading here today. It may take a few million years, but who cares? I mean, we're on the road, right? It's a beautiful, wonderful promise. We can't say enough about it. Any question before we move on to the uh, next part? Can you, Richard, can you go into a little more detail what you're saying about the beings of light? The beings of light. We talk about the Saturnian lords, and the master king who has visited Saturn and has physically, at least person to person, seen these masters, has described them as being ovoids of light, first off. They're stationary, they're ovoids, about 30 feet tall, and they are radiant of multi, multi colors of pure energy. And in this book, 
the nine freedoms, he describes, and Mar Sector 6 describes, their ability to actually separate their consciousness and place it into different aspects of creation, i.e. be in a tree or a human being or a great interplanetary master. And when we think of this light, we let's look at the sun itself, which we'll study next week, which is solar existence. Here we have it's not just one big light in heaven that throws up all this heat that gives us a sunburn in the summertime, but it is life itself. It is the portal through which God pours forth its radiant powers to all life in this solar system and solar family and indeed out into the galaxy itself. So when we speak of light, we're talking the one light, as in the one energy that Brian read from. It is the purest of light. In fact, let's read something here real quick, as you brought that question. Why don't we read, because um, they talk a little bit about the, okay. the light here, in the nine freedoms. Yes. Such a one is all silent, and yet all sound, is stillness, and yet all movement, is a single entity made up of the amalgamation of two, and yet is all entities. Such a one, as this is beyond description, it is a flame. It is the guiding light which shows us all the way through our darkness. It is an enactment of supreme sacrifice, everlasting service. It is a great and mighty existent intelligence on its way to a complete amalgamation with divinity itself. So that's really the, the light. Is it's 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 gone beyond um, physical structure. It, it's become virtually a, an ovoid of energy, um, and then from that, still ovoid, it um, it then goes and, and can inhabit and create other other entities and beings throughout the galaxy. Well, uh, should we go on to another track then? Another extract? Let's go to another track. Where are we? Track, uh, track six. This is on. Um, this is a nice one. It's kind of an uplifting one where our master reminds us that we are not here to suffer. And sometimes you hear people saying, "You got to suffer." No, not the case. So, Mark, uh, play track six. These are the masters of the planetary system who are actively engaged in helping all life streams to evolve out of their darkness, their ignorance and their suffering. Of course, the masters of Saturn don't like to see anyone suffering at all because they realize that no one was put on this earth or any other earth to suffer. It's not our heritage to suffer. The, the heritage of all men, of all life streams, is joy and peace and splendor. This is a heritage, not suffering in any way. So they don't like to see anyone suffering, but they still, even despite their position, they can't suddenly interfere because they would be interfering with the great laws. See, way back down the line, we, the people on Earth, chose free will. Homotherius has reminded us we can't play fast and loose with a cosmic choice. Once we make it, that's it. You see, you can't. You, you, we're, we're, when we make these cosmic choices, it's not like a lady choosing a hat, you know. 
goes in for a white one and buys a sky blue pink one. This isn't the same thing at all. We make a cosmic choice and we're stuck with it until we prove beyond all shadow of all doubt we have had sufficient experience. That's the point. You can't say, oh, I'll have free will. No, I won't. Yes, I will. No, I won't. It's not that. Yes, I will. Bing. That's it. So you're stuck with it. And um, it's it's bad because I even I can appreciate uh, that, that if mankind uh, was to sacrifice his free will upon the altar of service to others, and some people are doing this, by the way, but if the masses, I'm talking about all of mankind, was to do this, that the, the earth in a matter of a year could be a very different place, absolutely, completely different place it could be, and the dark forces would stand no chance at all, no chance because they would be transmuted. That's the point, you see. Uh, well, a few people have decided to do this. There are people who are teaching and running groups and sending out prayer and light and healing and so on. These people are doing it. But unfortunately, they're in the, uh, a tiny minority, if you are to compare them with the masses throughout the earth. I mean, communism would be transmuted like that if the masses would sacrifice their free will, uh, and they haven't got it under communism, but if they were to sacrifice all their lives in service to others, it would just be transmuted. It just couldn't exist upon the earth. It would be choked out. You know what it is? It's rather like supposing you have a garden have a garden and the weeds are choking out the few flowers. Supposing you're skillful enough and you're able to feed the flowers in the correct manner in such a way that they grow perfectly and choke out the weeds would be exactly the same thing. And you wouldn't stand a chance of having communism, Nazism or any other of these horrible uh, isms on the earth. That kind of brings up what they, the cosmic masters, are doing, and and uh, remember, or I think Richard's got a quote to to push this point home that the cosmic masters in this solar system, they they operate under the guidance of the Saturnians, and and what they are doing, their plan is to try in as many different ways as they possibly can to. Um, get the flowers to grow and to choke out the weeds. And their hands are tied in many, many respects because of the law of karma. And so we, we have to learn lessons um, based on what we've done in the past, showing what kind of lessons we need to learn. Um, but one of the, uh, the great sciences that is studied and used on the other planets is the law of karma. And they, they learn how to manipulate karma, how to use karma, how to um, uh, adjust karma in ways that can help the individual going through a karmic pattern. Um, and karma is, is um, remember it, our master t told, told us that it's, it's a pressure. Karma is pressure towards conformity. 
And so karma is a pressure pushing all of us and, in, and as individuals towards back towards God. And this pressure can be, can be manipulated. Uh, sometimes, oh, for example, you, 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 you kill someone. Um, to learn that lesson, that, that pressure will be pushing you so that you learn not to kill someone. And one way that that pressure can manifest is for you to go through the suffering of being killed yourself. But there are other ways that that pressure can manifest as well. And the conflict masters become very adept at trying to find other ways for our civilization. That, that's for an individual, but just like an individual, a civilization also has a karmic pattern. And rather than destroy ourselves, right, they're trying to help us find a way through manipulating our karma collectively that we don't have to go through the worst possible aspects of our own karma. They're trying to find ways to help us um, change our karma. And I think we talked uh, before, one way is the satellite number three. It comes in the orbit uh, at least four times a year, and it gives everyone energy who will be using that energy in the right way for good things. And it kind of helps us to um, push out the weeds, as it were. And they have many, many other ways. Another way is, is the Saturn mission, which I mentioned earlier. And this is a, a very interesting, intricate, and, and amazing mission that you know, we don't really understand exactly how it's done. But we've been told that, that one of the offshoots of the Saturn mission is the saving of, of 30,000 lives from death or mutilation from natural catastrophe on each subphase. Each time we go out, we do it three times a year, 90,000 lives are saved from, from this, this kind of disaster. And that's just a side effect of, this, of the Saturn mission. So they're, they're, they're working in many, many ways that we don't always know uh, what they are, but they are working hard for us. In the centuries past, we have had great sages of uh, the East who have brought great wisdom and demonstrated the results of their disciplined behavior patterns, uh, demonstrating all sorts of uh, cities and the powers, as it's called. And in the current century, we have seen a gentleman born in England who speaks English and came to the West, to America, and created an organization called the Ethereum Society. This society, as the Master has spoken, is a platform through which concise and new teachings can be given to the planet in her current condition. And the opportunity to be of service has been exponentially increased geometrically by thousands of times, offering every human being an opportunity to participate in the great scheme, the great cosmic plan for the peace and enlightenment of this entire planet. The Ethereum Society offers to each and every one of us an ability to serve on a grand scale. An example, the other day, I go to the hospital to pick up my medication for my heart condition, which 
millions of people do for the various reasons for diseases. And uh, I go to a hospital, and it is my duty to pray for those who are in this hospital. It is my duty to pray for those who serve the patients, i.e. the doctors, the nurses, the staff. It is my duty to pray for those who commiserate for the suffering, for instance, the family and the friends who visit. It is my duty to pray for those people who left their mental impressions upon the walls, the beds, the syringes. Everything is impinged with the thoughts of all the people who are in that hospital and the years prior. It is my duty to bring down the power of God to bring great illumination to that hospital. It is my duty to request from the Mother Earth her violet flame to bring transmutation and protection to all those in that hospital. Now that said, that's maybe 600 people. Maybe it's a few years of dross. Maybe I've done some good. But by God, think about the good you're doing if you help in some way the Saturn mission where the lords of Saturn themselves are directly touching through man-made equipment their hand. And this energy is being dispersed through a psychic center to the entire planet, changing the course of karma. 90,000 people are saved from death and mutilation. They can continue their life for whatever pattern is established after that. It's like, it's a miracle. You have extended now their lifetime. You have contributed to this extension. And this extension, what does it mean? That they can gain experience. That they can gain another day, another year, another decade of vital experience in this incarnation, in this moment in time. This, the 11th hour. You can help change the course of another person's history. Now, going back to the example, helping in a hospital is very important. It is your duty. But with this knowledge and the study of the missions given to the planet of potent healing, potent transforming missions, by God, assist, help, put your hand in the mix with the others and join together to support these missions. And there is potent service. Well, that, that's really the key. I mean, uh, we, we talk about how they're working very hard to help mankind, but they need tools. They need tools to help mankind. Um, and we've learned that one, one of the most important tools that they can use is mankind. See, that they can't just um, fix our mess for us. It's far more potent if they help us fix our mess. And that's, that's one of the, the, the absolute brilliant um, things that our, that our master was able to um, put together. And that is the uh, direct help from the cosmic masters in, in many different respects, from Operation Prayer Power to um, Operation Space Power, Space Power 2, um, Operation Sunbeam, where we send energy back to the Mother Earth. That's a great karmic manipulation. We've taken energy from the Mother Earth for all these centuries, 
not even thinking that she was alive. And now we have a chance to give energy back to the Mother Earth in a very potent manner. And we are given essential help in doing this by the Cosmic Masters. And it's, it's, uh, that, that really is the most exciting part uh, about the Aetherian Society. Not only do we have the, these, these amazing teachings that teach us where we're going, but our Master has given us missions that can help everyone on earth move so much quicker towards this goal. There's many, many ways that he's, he's given this. The perfects of Saturn. Let's talk a little bit more about the perfects of Saturn. This is Mars Sector 6 again, out of this lovely booklet, Life on the Planets. And he goes on to explain a little bit more about the organization of the perfects of Saturn. And once again, this is taken from several pages. You have, firstly, the Ancient Ones, who are the Twelve, and yet oft times cometh a Thirteenth. This thirteenth doth come from the sun, and yet beyond that to initiate the ancient ones. Such initiations are secret, of course, and could not be spoken about even in our language, never mind the language of Terra. Then you have a tribunal or advisory body of twenty-one masters, who again have an outer court, as it were, of 49 masters, and all of these are cosmic masters who can and do help and advise those in need. Indeed, the 12 and their inner court of 21 and the outer court of 49 are all actually responsible to the masters of the sun for the evolution of every being in the solar system, whether that entity be a tree in Yorkshire, in England, upon Terra, or whether that member be a living being upon Mars, Venus, or Pluto. These great masters help and guide and inspire in the right way, such a life stream, so that it may be taken upon its long journey back to God so that it may become forever impregnated with the mighty light which is God, so that it may know and understand the most eloquent voice of eternal silence, which is the divine spark within it. That gives a structure view. Interesting. 12, 21, 49. Well, shall we go on to the, uh, since you got, you brought numbers into play here. Numbers. Why don't we uh, go on with the, the big numbers here. The big numbers here. This is um, uh, an amazing illustration of how advanced the cosmic masters on Saturn are. And listen to this. Uh, Mark, play track seven. So we have this Tremendous equation, the fact that it's nearly eight times, eight times as much experience and so on 
needed uh, from Saturnian level to primary Saturnian level. And hundreds of times the experience needed between Venusian level and secondary Saturnian level. Shocking equation almost, staggering. Uh, absolutely, really and truly staggering. There you are, my friends. This is the truth. It's very, very different from what has been pumped out before. But it's the truth. As Mars Sector 6 says, tells us here how to prove this for ourselves. He doesn't say you have to believe this. Not at all, does he? He says this. Take this into the silence with you, and you will be better when you come out of it. In other words, these truths will stand the rigors of true meditation, as indeed will all truths. And if they won't, they're not truths. When we read that, um, the text that he was referring to there, truly amazing. The wheel turned twice, and consciousness was born. The wheel turned four times, and consciousness evolved up to interplanetary levels. The wheel turned 1,980 times, and consciousness was evolved up to secondary Saturnian level. The wheel turned... 9,458 times and consciousness was evolved up to primary Saturnian level. Now let's just read a little bit of Master King's commentary. This is a very clever yet very simple way of illustrating the tremendous difference between these levels of consciousness. Secondary Saturnian level of consciousness is 495 times more evolved than interplanetary level. Primary Saturnian level of consciousness is 2,364 and a half times more evolved than secondary Saturnian level of consciousness. From this numerical comparison, some small idea of the difference between these levels of consciousness can be seen and appreciated by the student. It's just, it's such a brilliant way uh, of explaining it. Um, but to think that when the wheel turned twice and consciousness was born, that's basically Earth. Not the planet Earth, but that's the people on Earth. You know, in other words, we, we, we know that we are. That that's where we are. We're, we're one step up from the animals. But it, it's just a staggering. You, you, you go, it turns twice and here we are turns four times and you have interplanetary uh, existence. You have people on Venus, people on Mars, uh, people on Jupiter. And these are extremely evolved beings, the Master Jesus, the Lord Buddha. And then, and then 1,980 times. It's amazing. And that's just secondary Saturnian. And then nine. 1,458 times 
That's primary Saturnian. Tremendous difference in, in evolution and experience. And so truly, the, the, these, the masses on Saturn are, are virtually the gods of the gods. Now, we have um, one point that has been brought forward, is that the, the perfects of Saturn, the Saturnian lords, have sent to this planet these interplanetary beings, and that's something that we need to think about as well. Um, without their permission and instruction and direction, no one comes here. They are the people who send the Master Jesuses, the Sanat Kumaras, the, the Lord Buddhas, and others. And they're the they're the least spoken about in the annals of philosophy, yet they are the masterminds of all of it. Right now we have in space, we terrestrials have put up around orbit of Saturn a uh, mission called the Cassini mission. And if you were to visit NASA or JPL, one of the websites, or ESA, the European equivalent, you will see magnificent, magnificent photographs taken very close of this wonderful planet. And we advise you to uh, place or acquire first a photograph of your choice, of which there are many, of this planet, and put it in a position of reverence in your home and think and pray and remind yourself of these great and mighty lights, for they are all light, as they are the light of the masters within our solar system. And so let's not, from this day forward, place them in any other position but the most exalted position in our home, in our temple, in our altars. And if we can't see, obviously, a picture of a Saturnian Lord, then certainly we can look at the planet upon which they live upon. And there are some beautiful, beautiful pictures of this planet. Uh, in the internet, I found uh, 72 pictures taken by NASA. Oh, just so beautiful, so beautiful. Cannot imagine that such things exist. Mm. I may have seen some pictures here. Now, the, the other thing, question is, this may sound stupid, but anyway, I, must, I want to clear this. You're talking about beings in planets. Mm -hmm. Now, what if the, when you say beings, what if the, how are they? The spirits or? There are certainly consciousnesses, um, but we're told that on Saturn, they, they exist in a, a kind of an egg-shaped energy um, uh, body. An ovoid of light, uh, an energy, imagine a pure white light, 30 feet high, and it's pure scintillating energy. You can't even come close to it. It's so vibrant. It would blind you. This is a small example of a Saturnian lord much like the Lord Babaji, who's the Saturnian Lord. 
When uh, the, someone asked the master, what does he look like as a Saturnian lord? He's on earth. What, was he, what does he look like? He looks any way he wants to look like. Like an old man coming to, a, he told the story about the old man that came to the house of these people and asked, he said he was cold, please, you know, I need some heat. They took some shingles, a part of their house from the roof, and burnt this as a fuel source to bring warmth to this man. It was the Lord Babaji in disguise. What did he do? He materialized and rebuilt the entire house, new, for that gesture on their part. So when we, at, when we describe from this, this book the, what this Saturnian Lord looks like, it's immobile, and it is a shining light of an ovoid. Not circular, ovoid. And it's because it's immobile that we've been talking about tonight, can travel anywhere throughout the galaxy, never mind the solar system. And it can be in many forms. So we are all staggered when we read this because how do we compare it to anything else we've read? I mean, there are masters upon earth who can divide their consciousness, who can create shades of themselves, for instance, and be in two, three places at once. But my God, to be in an entire galaxy and traveling and operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, throughout centuries possibly, and have full consciousness of every single entity or, or personage or thing that you are. We have no idea what this is like. However, we have been told that this is what is. And this is our future. I mean, it's, it's a staggering thing. We, we're going to be puzzled about this for a while. That's why the idea of having a picture of Saturn in your home is a start. And in, from that, in your meditations or certain, certainly your practices, you can have a relationship. You can establish a relationship with these masters by acknowledging, number one, their existence. Two, by praying to God and thanking God with all the gratitude you can muster for their very existence, and three, supporting every action that they perform, which is, in this case, which we've learned, the Ethereum Society happens to be a wonderful flow point by which these masters operate for the benefit of all the earth through missions such as the Saturn mission. So we have, uh, we have no excuse. We can touch them in a small way, but we can touch them. Another thing that you can do, you know, one thing is you can look, look at pictures, and that's, um, that's accessible to everyone. But if you happen to have access to a telescope or know someone who has a telescope, um, you can uh, point it at Saturn and then look at and, and Saturn is... is by far the most beautiful object that you can see for yourself through a telescope. And the advantage of looking at it yourself is that that light is coming from Saturn real time. It takes a while to get here, but it, it's, it's, it's the light which comes from these great beings. And it goes into your eye, which is, of course is the window to the soul. You can take this energy into yourself, and at that time you can be blessing and thanking the lords of Saturn. And that's a very, very powerful um, thing to do. And uh, don't be put off by uh, Los Angeles because um, the planets are one of the few things that you can see nearly as well from Los Angeles as from a desert. 
you know, many, many things you can't see very well in the night sky from Los Angeles, but planets like Saturn and Jupiter you can very easily see from even Los Angeles or any, any large city for that matter. Um, do we play over the last track? In the yes, we're at 90 minutes coming on. The, la the last track is, is a beautiful description by Mars Sector 6 of the Saturnians. So let's listen to that. Let's sit up straight and really kind of prepare ourselves a little bit for this. This is about a, what, about a minute and a half, something yes. like that. Yes. Let's just, uh, just close our eyes and, and really tune in to these beautiful words describing the indescribable. Mark? The eighth freedom is brought about by sustained effort, by obedience, by dedication beyond all a description by service, by the dispensation of true love. By a controlled a thought, a controlled action, controlled in action. By raising the Kundalini fully upwards, by a cosmic consciousness, by a conscious ascension, by interplanetary experience. and by amalgamation into the whole. Well, let's, uh, let's finish with a prayer then. Relax the shoulders. And just for a moment, let's imagine in our mind's eye the planet Saturn, beautiful ringed planet, stunningly beautiful, so much wisdom, so much love, so much stillness, and think briefly of the Saturnians we do know of, Sri Krishna, Lord Babaji, just think for a moment of how our knowledge of these great ones has changed since we've been reading the Nine Freedoms. 
with these thoughts in our hearts, let's raise our hands. Divine and wondrous Parabrahma, we ask at this time that thy love and blessings flow now to all the great cosmic masters on Saturn at this time. May these ones know of our deep love and appreciation of what they do for all mankind. God bless these ones now and always. We also wish to thank at this time Master George King for bringing this great knowledge and wisdom into our hearts and minds. May he too know of our deep appreciation for this and for his giving to us ways to help the Saturnians Help us Let's turn together in the AUM. coming next week solar existence. solar existence some like it hot thank you this brings to conclusion the eighth freedom saturnian existence next week we will study the ninth and final freedom solar existence. Until then, please do visit us at www.atherius.org, your cosmic connection. Thank you.